Hey guys, you're listening to Teach Amate, a podcast series where I sit down, like I have a choice, brew some tea, and then spill it. Unfortunately, I'm not featuring a new tea this episode because my shipment came in late, but I am drinking Cream of Oak Grey, which if you are a listener to the show, you know I love it so much from David's Tea. So without further ado, let's start. Take a sip of my secret potion, I'll make you fall in love. First bath that can't be broken, one drop should be enough. But you belong to me, I got the recipe, and it's called black magic. It's called black magic. Take a sip of my secret potion, one taste and you'll be mine. It's a spell that can't be broken, it'll keep you up all night. Hey guys, I'm super excited for today's show. Thank you so much for obviously coming back. I really appreciate all the love and support. Today's guest I am so ecstatic to have on. He was dubbed a great magician who can truly communicate with the TV audience by Entertainment Weekly. He is an illusionist and I'm just so excited to jump into this interview. Mr. Michael Grandinetti. Hi, how are you? No problem. Where, where you're in LA, right, right now? I am in LA, and you are from Canada, right? I am. I'm from Canada, but currently traveling in the Los Angeles area, and I absolutely love it out here. And it's a place where I'm hoping to pursue my career and continue to grow. And I know that's definitely something you have in mind too, being out here. Um, like I mentioned, you're an illusionist. So can you tell? my audience a little bit about how you got started because I, I've i been obsessed myself with magic since I was a child. <laughs> well, I, I like the sound of that. You know, it, it, I, I'm very lucky. I found something I love to do at a very early age. Uh, I got a magic stuff for Christmas like a lot of kids do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I was, I, I, when I got the magic stuff, I was just, I was, there was something that just, that just took hold of me and, uh, that was it from every point forward. I just knew that I wanted to be a magician. So looking back on it, I mean, to find what you love to do that early in life is, uh, you know, it's really rare. And I'm lucky because it, it gave me something, you know, really positive to to work towards and to kind of have in mind as I was growing up. For sure. Do you remember what, because I, I think, like you said, everyone gets a little magic kit when they're young. I definitely got one. Do you remember what the first trick was that you were successfully able to accomplish? Well, I took that magic set into show and tell for kindergarten when I was five. <laughs> and I was, I was a shy kid and I was very scared. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of simple Simple stuff, probably the same stuff that you had in, in you know, magic you had. And I didn't know you had a magic set. That's great. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's um, you know, simple things, making small like handkerchiefs disappear from your hand, and um, you know, things of that nature. But you know, what, what I really remember about that show was being so nervous, being so shy, and getting up there and doing, you know, demonstrating the magic in front of the in front of my classmates and the teachers. And they smile, and they seem to enjoy it. And they, you know, when you have that kind of positive impact on people like that, you go, "Okay, I got to do more of this." So that really, I think that was 
For sure. And in watching, I've definitely watched some of your YouTube videos, and I've actually seen you on Masters of Illusions, which we'll get back to in just a moment. But when you are performing, you couldn't tell that you're a very, like, you would have been a shy person. You seem like someone who would always have been outgoing. Do you think that magic contributes? Like, is that what brought you out of your shell, do you think? Oh, absolutely. It gave me, you know, it gave me a it gave me a way to communicate with people without having to rely solely on just talking with them. You know, yeah. I could talk to them, but I kind of would have this cool piece of, you know, magic to do that I kind of felt was sort of a safety net, you know, when you're when you're conversing with people. So nowadays, I mean, flash forward all these years later, um, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to, you know, speak to and perform for so many groups that I actually, yeah. I tell people I'm, I'm most comfortable um, Yeah, well, speaking, you're being very humble, saying, uh, like, large, like, I'm, you're talking massive, 20,000 to 70,000 different people in NFL, NBA halftime shows, and working with different celebrities on TV shows, and helping to consult, like, that is quite the accomplishment, but what I love about your career is it hasn't been, when I think of magic sometimes, I think of big shows in Vegas or people stationed in one place, but it seems like you keep yourself very busy doing a plethora of things. What has that been like for you, not being necessarily uh, in one place at a time? Well, you know, it, it's, um, it's interesting. It keeps, it keeps things very exciting. Uh, you're right, we, we travel, I'm on the road with my, with my team probably 80% of the year wow. taking on a show. We perform everywhere from, as you said, the stadiums and the arenas for the halftime shows to shows with symphony orchestra, to shows in casinos, to shows in theaters. And, I, you know, the great thing about that is that, you know, I get to see cities and get to meet people that I would not normally get to meet. And, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I love that. I love having the chance to... Um, you know, share what we do with people all over the country. So I, I enjoy it a lot. And in fact, it keeps, you know, every show is different because if you're doing something in a stadium, it's obviously different from if you're doing it in a theater. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes every show unique and its own little kind of fun challenge. And, and I enjoy that. I enjoy that a lot. So it, it, it keeps things exciting, you know, for sure. But I love it. I would not trade it for the world. I, I can't imagine. And because I, I remember when I was young, I telling you I was letting my mom know about this interview um, shortly before we you called and I remember telling her in my head I was too shy at the time to I really loved magic as a child and I thought I could do it but I, I'm telling you it is not easy and it but I, it's one of those things that captivates audiences both young and old which I definitely think you've been able to do with the kind of illusions um, that you had and speaking of those illusions, you are currently on a show called Masters of Illusion, which airs on the CW. And I think we're you're in your third season, right? Yeah, third season, and it's going very well. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's on every Friday night on the CW all summer long at eight o'clock. So, and you know, I, we're really 
Crown One show is that it's a perfect show for people of all ages and, and families, basically, to get together and watch. It's fun, it's light, you know, and you create one of the, a lot of the notes that you see people say, we sit around, we talk about it afterwards, and it just says our minds kind of racing. And I love that. I love that it's such a positive, uh, you know, family-oriented piece of programming, you know, yeah. which, which I was telling people today that's kind of rare to find. For sure, it's definitely something that the whole family can sit down and watch and everybody literally gawk over and be like, how? I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times, but how did he do that? <laughs> I've seen um, the the illusions that you have completed so far on this season um, was the sleight of hand, which for someone who doesn't know, how would you describe that sleight of hand necklace um, performance. I will put links to all of this on my website, uh, taylorlnwrites.com, for you guys to see his amazing performances. But how would you describe that to um, someone who's not as familiar? Well, first of all, thank you for sharing the links to it. No problem. I certainly appreciate that. I hope your listeners enjoy it. That was an interesting piece. That was was based on a classic illusion that's been around for a long time. And what I wanted to do was put a put a unique spin on it. So the, the, the premise that we did was I borrowed a necklace from a, a girl in the audience who had no idea that she was going to come up on stage and participate. And we, I took her necklace and I, I put it. We put it between our hands, her, you know, between her and my hands. So she could feel it, I could feel it, and the necklace disappeared from between our hands. Crazy. And then we had a large clear glass box, and the box was revolved. It was shown on all sides. It was transparent, the audience can see completely through it, and instantly, a girl, one of my assistants, one of our dancers, instantly appeared inside this clear glass box, and when the camera zoomed in, you saw that she was wearing the necklace that was just borrowed from the audience member, and so, you know, making somebody appear, like I mentioned, it's kind of a classic of magic, making somebody appear on stage like that, but I want, I figured adding the necklace piece into it, kind of, um, kind of hopefully gave it a, a little bit of a unique, a, a unique touch and another layer of enjoyment for everybody so you know we had a great time with that that was a lot of fun and it was fun what I enjoyed doing is watching the people respond to it watching the young lady up on stage respond to her necklace disappearing watching the audience respond to the girl appearing in the glass box you know when you do these types of things for me that's my favorite part is hopefully that you you just see that look of amazement you know on their face and yeah you definitely can and when you pan when they pan to the audience you can see that everyone is genuinely shocked and another one of the illusions that I really loved that you did was the one in the audience making um your assistant levitate on a broomstick like I like I said I've seen levitation and I've seen um things disappearing and reappearing but I think what really helps you to stand out amongst everyone is those little twists that make it an old trick completely new I just that's why I like love you as an illusionist. Um, but who has been some of your inspirations? Because I'm sure you have ins- been inspired by many people before you as well. Well, first of all, thank you again for your time. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you're doing it. No me, problem. Yes, made my day. When you, <laughs> know, you know, if, if you enjoy our work, I, I certainly appreciate that. So it puts a big smile on my face. But, you know, inspiration. I grew up. You know, really hungry to watch and learn from you know any and all magic I could find. When the newspaper would come every Saturday, and the TV listings would 
come, I would kind of snatch the TV listings out of the paper, and I would go through line by line all the shows to see if any magicians were going to be on top shows or on any kind of television shows whatsoever. And I would set the VCR, back in those days of VCRs, and I would set the VCR, and I would, uh, and I would tape them, and I would watch them and, and, and learn what I liked and didn't like. So, you know, there wasn't, um, there was, I can't say there's any one or two people that were specific influences, but I will say that I definitely watched as much magic as I possibly could. Um, you know, I would actually trade videotapes with people all over the country uh, to try oh, wow. and get see as much, because this was, you know, before YouTube and before, you know, not to, not to date myself and sound old, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was, but, but that was it. I just, I just loved and you know, to this day, I still love, I still love watching um, as much magic as possible. I don't get a chance to because we're traveling so much, but, uh, you know, nothing makes me happy without watching, you know, watching magic, so. Yeah, for sure. And what do you think, um, after having all of these experiences, when that really, when, because obviously when you're starting out in anything that you're doing, you're putting in your best effort, but what would, do you think was that one moment um or a series of moments in your career when you're like, I, I'm actually, A, really good at this, and B, I'm going to make this my career? Well, that's a really good question. Well, first of all, you know, I never look at it in terms of, you know, I'm really good at this. I think that's for an audience. That's very <laughs> humble. <laughs> that's very... You know, well, I, you know, it, it's just, it, you know, I, I let the audience decide that, and my hope is that they enjoy what I do, you know, I mm-hmm. love what I do, and I want them to, um, I want them to enjoy it, so, yeah, that, that's the biggest thing, all that I see a happy audience, that makes me happy, um, now some turning points, I'll give you some turning points, that I think were really kind of influential in my life, uh, geez, well, there were, there are several, I mean, you know, because I started young, and yeah. I came from a very supportive family, and a very supportive community, uh, I had opportunities that um, people gave me chances to try out my to try out what I did. I'll give you again a few examples. So when I was, yeah. you know, when I first was doing shows professionally, like at twelve, it was you know everybody in the neighborhood and everybody you know in the community who would hire me for for their like company events for like adult events. And I was this twelve year old kid with a box of magic, um, <laughs> you know, a cardboard box of stuff. I walk into these events with, events with at that age. And, uh, but they always treated me like I was a professional magician. They never treated me like I was a kid doing magic. Um, when I was, so I met, you know, at 12, I was able to go around and actually perform for people. And, 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 you know, that's what really, I think that's really important to get out there and, and perform as much as possible. When I was 16, the band director at our high school came to me and said, I hear you're a magician. Can you make somebody disappear from the football field during one of our halftime shows? Oh. And I said, Absolutely. So, you know, I would get I got permission from the principal of the school to skip to get out of classes. So I would get pulled from like English class to go down to the wood shop and work with the woodshop students and the woodshop teacher on building this huge prop that was used in the um, in their halftime shows for two years where a girl would disappear from the football field. And that was really the first big thing that I did. Um, but again at sixteen to to be given that chance. Um, yeah. and to be given permission. Literally, get out of class and go work on magic was, was just, you know, they, they, there, there are so many stories like that where, where teachers or college professors or uh, my family, you know, just the support really pushed me along. Um, when I was 
when I was um, in college, I had the opportunity to be on an NBC special called The World's Most Dangerous Magic. Yes, 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 of course. The flaming spikes? Yes, yes. It was a dangerous piece, well, for World's Most Dangerous Magic, it has to be, right? <laughs> um, but I was invited to, I was still living in Pittsburgh at the time, but I was invited to fly out to LA, and I brought my team of people who were with me at the time out here, and we performed that on television. And it was a giant, for, for people who haven't seen it, it was this, I was chained to this frame on a platform elevated six feet above the stage. So I was chained to my wrists, I was chained to my waist, I was chained to my ankles, and on either side of me were two walls of steel spikes, uh-huh. 24 foot long steel spikes on either side of me. And those spikes were connected to an hourglass timer. So when the sand ran out of the hourglass timer, those two walls of spikes came flying in at me at 55 zero miles per hour. And if that's not crazy enough, they lit the spikes on fire and they covered me with gasoline. So what? Wait, you were covered in gasoline? <laughs> Yeah. In the full presentation, if you ever get to the full presentation, you should have poured all the gasoline out of the big tank on me. Um, and so if those spikes came in, not only do you get spikes, but you kind of go up and play it, uh, you know, at the same time. So it's pretty, pretty risky, pretty dangerous. Uh, the spikes were real. They weren't, they weren't like fake or flapping out real spikes. They were right. really coming um, But again, at 21, to have that chance to be on NBC and do that, that was a turning point. And that really is what gave me the motivation to Los Angeles and to, um, you know, I made that move to continue the effort to try to find magic in television, which I think go together so perfectly. So Definitely. I'll answer your question. Those are a bunch of highlights that I can certainly remember. Yeah, from, yeah, I know. Thank you for elaborating because going from that high school experience and being given that opportunity to being on NBC, I'm sure it's inspiring to hear the way you've been able to use not because a lot of people are given opportunities but may not utilize them the same way that I think that you've been able to and so from NBC to CW's The Masters of Illusion working on shows like Bones and even performing at the White House right? Yeah uh, yes I was at the White House a couple years back for their Easter uh, celebration Oh, that was fun. Oh, it was, it was, it was surreal. You, you were kind of standing there going, kind of not believing what you were in the midst of. I mean, the president was about 25 feet away. Oh my gosh. With his family. And it was, it was, um, you know, but obviously, I mean, security was, was very tight. One of the big mm-hmm. things I remember was Secret Service went through all of it. You know, they had to go through everything we had, obviously. Of course. Um, you know, and, and with the magic show coming in, I mean, we had some specific rules, so no fire, nothing sharp or dangerous. Okay. Um, you, you have to, you have to be very. There's a very specific set of what you can't rules and what you can and can't do. And then secret service, wherever there were people up on rooftop, rooftops, there were people, you know. Uh, but again, all, all what needs to be, but you just those are images that you just always, always remember in your mind. Um, a couple years after that, things have watched. I had the chance to go back to Washington and do what we were. I was the first magician invited to perform in the Fourth of July parade in Washington. And, and that's that when, yes, that's when you did the the levitation, right? Yes, yes, that was 
That was, uh, you did, you've done your homework. Thank you for that. I've come prepared. i come prepared. Can you explain? <laughs> I, I know what you did, but if for someone who wasn't able to see it, because I don't think... I don't know if that airs in Canada, but I have I have seen and heard of it. So can you explain to the audience the illusion you pulled there at the Independence Day Parade? Ah, that's crazy. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, first of all, I mean the whole the whole premise was <clears throat> I, I made a girl float above a float. So I was on a float and, and we were going down Constitution Avenue in Washington D.C. And, wow. uh, and we performed our levitation. It's very similar to, to what we did on Masters of Illusion down in the audience. Um, but we did it on a moving float, and while and there, there were 250,000 people lined up along the streets from you know the, the start of the parade route to the end of the parade route. It's about a two-hour parade route, so it's pretty long. Well, I have to tell you, it feels like it feels like about ten minutes. I mean, it doesn't. I'm sure the adrenaline, right? The adrenaline gets you going, and you. Oh. You forget what's happening. Like it goes, it goes by so quick. A hundred percent, yes. It was a beautiful day, a beautiful sunny day, blue sky. Uh, everybody there had their American flag and they were waving them, and it was everybody was happy. You know, everybody was just, you know, as you can imagine, in Washington D.C., the Fourth of July is a very big, you know, a very big day. It's such a historic town, mm-hmm. and everybody just people were just happy, and you know, it always feels good to be around that. And, but it was a thrill to, to, to take what I love to do and, again, put it into a place where, for the first time, put it into a place, you know, like that, where it had, where it, it had never been before. Um, it was so exciting. I was so thrilled to be able to do it. And, you know, another memory that I'll never forget. For sure. Wow. I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around. Like, I don't know if I would have been able to perform in front of that many people. And especially because you can't... There's no hiding when you're in a parade on TV in front of 250,000 people and making someone levitate. Like, you, there's no, there's not a lot of margin for error for that. So I will definitely try to, if you have it, dig up a video um, of that as well to show everyone because I think that would be just amazing to see. Like, it's almost unbelievable, which I'm sure you hear all the time. Well, thank you. That's the goal. The goal is to, you know, is, is hopefully to um, give everybody that sense of amazement. But it was, it was thrilling. It was, it was, you know, it was. I will say this before the parade. Uh, and you may I'll talk about the only memories are not coming back that I haven't thought of in a while. But you know, right before the parade route started moving, so they had everybody lined up. All the floats and all the cars were all kind of in the starting area, and you know, it was filled with people as you can imagine as far as it's a big parade so there's a lot of different components to it but the anticipation of waiting to go and waiting to get the you know it wasn't nervousness but it was it was just anticipation to get out there and, and to do it it was I remember that a lot and it was uh, I guess just such a it's one of those experiences that, I, that you just I'll take with me for forever I, I definitely agree with you like there's no way that you could even replicate or like that's just incredible I love to see people like you who have had a dream for so long and have been able to really take a passion and make it your career and I know for me I was not able to pursue magic and it's okay I have gotten over it and found different loves for myself uh, but I'm definitely thinking of getting 
a cute magic kit from my godson and uh, seeing if he likes it. And so for any child or young performer who's starting out, what would be your best piece of advice after all of these, I think 20 years, you said, approximately, of doing um, illusions and magic full-time? Well, if you're, if, you're, if you're a child and starting out, um, you know, I would say learn as much, first of all, have fun with it. Learn as much as you can. Go out and perform for friends, perform for family, you know, uh, perform as much as you can. And, and you know, enjoy the process. I love, I couldn't wait to, you know, a weekend for my dad to take me to the magic store in downtown Pittsburgh. It was like mm-hmm. the whole night before. It was like the night before Christmas. You know, I just couldn't. <laughs> Couldn't wait to do it. Uh, have fun with it. Enjoy what you do and perform as much as possible. And if you want to make magic a career, go for it. I mean, absolutely go for it. I mean, it, it's a it's a very positive, very rewarding um, you know career. It's very challenging. It's not you know there's no structure to it, so you have to kind of carve your own path in it. But that said, you know anybody who would want to do it, it is just the the enjoyment. And the experiences that it's brought to me um, have been just wonderful, and I'm really grateful for them. And, you know, so I would, um, and even if you don't do it as a career, just if you do it as a hobby, you know, yeah. you have fun. there's a lifetime of, of fun in, in magic. Speaking of, you need to take up magic again. I need to take up magic. I think you do, because I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> you, you just, you, you still enjoy and and, and, you know, have that love for magic. So I think you need to, I think you need to take up magic again. And I think, I think you would be great at it. I think just, you know, your personality is fantastic. Thank and that's you. Well, you're very welcome. And that, that's the key. You know, just when you're sincere and when you, you know, have a, you know, you know, it's just talking to you and hearing your great personality, I think you are already in the game, you know, for enjoying and having fun with magic. So... You know, I highly recommend you do that. Hey, you never know. You never know. Like you said, it's always been, that's why I was so excited um, when I was given the opportunity to interview you because it really has been something that I've loved forever and I love, as much as it drives me crazy that I can never figure out how you guys do it, I love that feeling and I love that feeling of wanting more from the illusion, the illusionist and I think that's why I was so excited when because um, I remember in the first season of, of Masters of Illusions, it came on um, in Canada as well, and I know it's, I think it's all around the world, it's aired as well, um, but when I first saw it, I was like, thank God, I finally am getting to see episode after episode after episode of, like, illusions that I love, rather than just seeing, because you know you have those those specials that might come on once a year, and someone, one person's doing magic, but this has given the opportunity to highlight a field that um, it's just, for everyone, is really thoroughly entertaining, so very grateful for you to be on that show and for everyone involved. I think it's a really great idea, um, and I'm sure your experiences on it has been great, too. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been so much fun being part of the show, and I'm so glad that you enjoy it, and, you know, it's just Magic is an art form that can be shared with people all over the world, regardless of demographics, regardless mm-hmm. of location, because it is imaginative, it's creative, everybody kind of loves their, 
imagination challenge. And even if you don't understand the language, you can put magic on. And it's, again, because it's so visual, you can still get it. You can still be amazed by it. You can still understand what's going on. And so to be part of a show like this that, um, you know, well, we've gone on for three years so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully there'll be more seasons. But it, 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 this amazes me. But it's been shown in over 100 countries. What? And, yeah, over wow. in my lifetime, I'll probably never set foot in a hundred countries, but our work has been over there. So, and, and magic, and, you know, magic has been shown over there. So, you know, I think, for me, it's thrilling that, you know, the show would bring such positivity to magic around the world. I, I love that. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. That's good. That's, like, I did not know it was shown in that many countries. And also, with the power of the internet, you're reaching people, even if they don't see it live, you're still reaching people in their home. So after all of that exposure and all the things that you've done, what is next for Michael Grandinetti? Like where, what is your next big goal? If you have one. Well, yes, I, I, I've always been very goal driven. I'm still very goal driven. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to do out there. I mean, the primary goal is to just doing as much magic as humanly possible. But, you know, within that kind of overall goal, it is, you know, I want to keep bringing magic to television. So, as we speak, mm-hmm. I'm working on two other television projects um, that hopefully come together and that I can tell you about at some point. And, hey, we can um, come back for a follow-up in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you, you, will, be, you will be among the first to know want to continue um, to watch you and continue to follow you in your journey, where can they find you on all social media platforms? Give us the rundown. I will give you the rundown. <laughs> I appreciate you asking me. Uh, first of all, our website is michaelgrandinetti.com. So on my website, there's videos, and there's a lot of pictures, and there's information about our show, and there's a way to get in touch with people that ever, if they ever, ever have any questions. Um, and then Facebook, um, just under Michael Grandinetti. On uh, Twitter, um, Grandinetti MG. On uh, Instagram, Michael Grandinetti. And I always tell people, you know, follow me, get in touch. I love hearing from everybody. I love, again, I, I love and I'm happy to answer any questions people have. And, you know, if we come to your youth to a town out there that, that your listeners are in, you know, if you see a magician with a really long Italian last name, it's probably me. <laughs> so, uh, 
how long have you come out? So, yes, I always love to you know, meet people in person as well. Well, thank you, um, Michael. I'd like to thank you so much for sharing your passion and your love and taking the time to be um, on my podcast with me and for educating my audience on magic, which is, like I said, another love of mine. Um, I will be sure to make a blog post for all of my listeners, all you guys out there, so you can see all of the illusions that I'm talking about and I'll have some photos and all of the links to Michael's social media platform so you can fall in love with his magic like I have as well. So thanks, Michael, again, for taking this time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, and I just want to say one last thing, and that is, you you mentioned earlier that you were interested in moving to L.A. to pursue your career, and absolutely go for it. You are, it was such a pleasure talking to you. You're so good at what you do. You're so, you're genuine, you're sincere. Um, You know, it's, you're very good at what you do. So if you want to move to L.A. and, and pursue it, you know, absolutely, absolutely go for it. You know, I will, I will thank be cheering you on from, from, from town. Thank, thank you. That, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. That really makes me feel good and excited about the future and what I want to do. So I really appreciate you saying that. Well, you are very welcome. And somebody told me once, don't know what you can't do. And that's always stuck, it's always stuck in my head. Don't know what you can't do. And, don't and, and, you know, you know, for me, it, it, it's, uh, you know, I didn't think about that when I first heard it, but once I kind of understood it, it was don't put limits on, if you want to do something, go and do it. And, you know, that that's, if I could, you know, give any piece of advice to, to anybody listening, I mean, you know, don't know what you can't do. So thank you so much. It was absolutely fantastic talking with you, and I hope we have a chance to do it again. I'm, I know we'll have the opportunity to do it again. So to leave it off, don't know what you can't do. I love that saying, too. Thank you guys for listening and for tuning in to another episode of Tea Time with Tay. Until next time, stay positive, follow your dreams. I love you guys for listening. And bye from Taylor and Michael. (laughs) We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.